0: Welcome to the Lost Roman Heroes podcast. My name is Matthew. My name is Matteo. And together, we're diving deep into the history of Rome, from its founding to its death, uncovering Rome's greatest heroes along the way and ranking them. Welcome to episode number 26, Mateo. On a truly fascinating character, a guy by the name of Agrippa.
1: Yeah, an underrated guy.
0: Massively underrated. Massively underrated because he lived most of his life in the shadows of one of the greatest human beings of all times.
1: Yeah, probably one of the most intelligent human beings that is recorded. And that guy's name is? Um, Augustus Octavian
0: you got it and we're gonna do not just one episode on Octavian I suspect it's gonna be two or three Matteo. but you and I made a call here which is before we go into the big man we wanted to talk about his best friend that allowed so much of what Augustus was able to accomplish to happen right
1: now a I mean, little Augustus couldn't do it all himself he had a lot of manage
0: He definitely could not do it all himself. And he was a guy who understood his weaknesses and was able to sort of plug the gaps with remarkable friends. And Agrippa is number one on that list. But I want to say one thing, Mateo, to the listeners before we keep going, which is you and I are not physically together right now.
1: Nope.
0: They could probably tell by the difference in my voice. They they could probably tell Mateo is across the ocean uh, for me and uh and so this is presenting some technical challenges. Hopefully the sound quality is good. If it's not perfect, we're going to keep working on it. So I just wanted to say that to the listeners, thank you for your patience. We're going to we'll dial this in the 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 sound issue. Um but uh but uh, that and the fact that it's a little bit emotional for me, Matteo, I have to tell you because you're not sitting right here next to me and oh,
1: it's,
0: it's, sad. I miss it's it is sad it is a little sad it is but we're gonna, we're gonna try to kind of i don't know put a smile on and let's do this thing Matteo. let's do it let's make the best lost roman heroes episode that we can on I'm this sure. really I'm cool guy <clears throat> all right so when I say the word Agrippa or the name Agrippa, Matteo, what comes to your mind?
1: Um, soldier, general, leader of men.
0: You know what I think of?
1: What?
0: I think of the Pantheon.
1: Really?
0: Yeah. This is my favorite wow. building on the face of planet Earth. And it was designed, conceived of, designed, and That's true. built. By Agrippa. So it has his name on it. Stopped on the phone. Yep. And so that's what pops into my mind. And this guy, Agrippa, the best friend of a truly remarkable human being named Octavian. Uh, Agrippa is absolutely incredible in his own right, Mateo but we don't know a ton about him. Because as I said, he lived his life in the shadows of octavian also known as augustus but this guy is a true lost roman hero and i'm really excited that we're going to be covering him uh so let's let's just dive in so let's do it we we know that Matteo agrippa was born in 63 bc right so he's born the same year as octavian and mm. He was born, we don't entirely know where he was Which born. It's
1: pretty funny because Caesar was born the same here as um, the Benes, right? Yeah, you're absolutely
0: right. It's so true. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, they were both born in 100. And so these guys were both born in 63. We don't know where Agrippa, he may have been born in Pisa. He may have been born in Assisi. Doesn't really matter. Suffice it to say that he was not born in the city of Rome. Okay, and, so he was an Italian. Yep, he was an Italian, and and he was born 37 years after Julius Caesar and Labienus. Now, you usually give us an update right now about what's going on around the world, but...
1: Everything's been the same for the last, like, eight episodes, so... <laughs> exactly. Not really much to update here.
0: Not, not too much
1: to Most, update. history happening right now is happening in Italy, and we're discussing all
0: of it. Most definitely. So... Let's start with a guy's name, Marcus Vipsanius Agrippa. Matteo, Agrippa, the name that we know him by, is actually a cognomen. Really? Yeah. What
1: and was his first name then?
0: His first name was Marcus. Marcus Vipsanius was his family name, Agrippa Cognomen. And he was the first person in his family to carry that cognomen. And it meant. Why was it awarded to him? Well, this is the interesting thing. It means if you look it up in Latin, it means born feet first. You know what a breech birth is? Have you ever heard of a breech birth? No, never.
1: All but right, I'm so assuming it's when your feet come out first. Exactly.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, which is super dangerous because so typically the baby comes out head first, which is important because they start breathing right away. But when they come out right. feet first, you know the baby can start They'd breathing. Suffocate a little. Yeah, exactly right. So, super dangerous. Breach breach birth is dangerous for the mom and dangerous for the kid. And we think that the cognomen came from that, that he was a breach birth.
1: That's pretty lucky then. Yeah. uh, I bet back then with the quality of medicine and doctors they have, the the fatality rate was probably pretty high. Uh, I'm
0: sure you're right. I'm sure you're right. So... Anyways, his gens, or his family name, was Vipsania. It was a name that appeared towards the end of the Republic. It wasn't a super notable name. So his family was probably um, uh, equities class, or, or, or knights. Uh, right. it was definitely a pleb. This was no patrician family. And his, yeah. fa- his father's name, Mateo, was Lucius Vipsanius.
1: So he was, a, he was a common man.
0: Yeah, he was a common man. I mean, common man in the sense that he was the equities class, so they, they probably came from wealth, uh, but they were not a dominant uh, family, either plebeian or, or patrician. But right, but
1: we, they,
0: they did well. We, they did well, Matteo, and we know that because Agrippa was sent to Rome to be educated. So, if you were sent from the provinces by your family to, to, and were put up in Rome to, be, to, to receive your education, you had to come from some kind of wealth.
1: That's no small
0: deal. Yeah. Yeah, it's no small deal. It's no small deal. And so when he got to Rome, Matteo, he made a good friend very early on. We don't know exactly when or where, uh, but we think that they were being educated sort of in the same place at the same time, and that's how they met. And- Probably at the same orator,
1: or or whatever they were called.
0: Probably. Yeah, you're probably right. And by the way, Mateo, guess what? These guys, they were basically your age
1: when they met. you what's so when they met each other, they were basically 16, 15.
0: Like... Yeah. They were two teenage guys.
1: Just coming into their own.
0: Coming into their own, sent away from home to receive the best education that money could buy.
1: Well, I mean, Augustus wasn't sent away from home,
0: but... Well, actually, he sort of was, and, and we're going to see that in his episode. Augustus was oh, I thought
1: his family was from Rome.
0: No, well his father's family was from a little town about 20 kilometers outside of Rome. Uh, he was born in Rome, but then he was sent to this little town uh for his childhood years to get away from the craziness in in Rome. And then he probably did some good. They probably did. And so when he came back to Rome, he came back and made his best friend for life, his BFF. So I that, that BFF, so Octavian at this point, Matteo, we know he was a distant relative of a certain senator slash general who was on the rise. Right? Julius Caesar? That dude. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah,
0: so just a small, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's guy. just a little, it's a tiny little tidbit. And so these kids probably arrived in Rome, Matteo, right around the time of Caesar's first consulship Right around the time he went and became, uh, then went to become governor.
1: Caesar was late success. Incredible, right? Yeah, definitely. Didn't even start until he turned forty, basically.
0: Which is so completely contrary to—I mean, you and I talked about it in our our last few episodes—contrary to what we had perceived him to be, which was
1: right out the gate. Yeah, running.
0: Yep. He took his time. He definitely took his time. Now. Octavian will be a different story. Anyways, we don't know exactly where Agrippa and Octavian met, where they studied, what they studied, but they definitely studied together, Matteo. And Octavian had this great luck of having his great uncle as his guardian. And Caesar knew of Agrippa. Caesar knew of Agrippa. He knew that these guys were friends and Caesar approved of Agrippa. I mean, we saw that Caesar I wonder,
1: I wonder when Caesar started to take interest in Octavian. Uh, he didn't know him very well.
0: He he didn't know him very well. And and I think the answer is, and we're gonna cover it in Octavian's episode, which I've started working on. I, I think it's at the Battle of Munda, Mateo. Remember the Battle of Munda? Um. No. That was that was the last Caesar's last battle fought. And that was the battle in which Labienus died. So
1: a year before his death, is when Caesar started B- Basically, yeah, I think they
0: really and got to. There,
1: but I thought I thought Octavian was sent to Spain to accompany Caesar in a campaign.
0: That was the battle oh, of Munda. Was in Spain, oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, that was the battle of Munda. Octavian, and we're we're gonna talk about in next episode. Octavian went of his yeah. own volition to Spain because he wanted to... Well, Caesar
1: probably had a good judge of character. He knew the kid for, what, a couple of weeks? He, got, he decided to make him his heir? It was probably a few months.
0: Okay, but, but we're tipping our hat. Let's cover this in Caesar's episode. Yeah. Let's get back to Agrippa. And by the way, this is what happens to Agrippa. You start talking about Agrippa, and you just naturally veer just, into yeah, a conversation about Augustus. Sure. So let's give this guy his due. All right, let's do it. All right, so before we dig into his story, Mateo, let's take a look at the man. And right now, I'm sharing my screen with you. We're on Zoom. To our listeners, we're on Zoom. This is the weirdest thing in the yeah, world. I
1: mean, the best method of communication.
0: Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. So that is Agrippa, Mateo. What do you think of that face? What does that say to you?
1: Um, <clears throat> he kind of looks like, um, man, I forget his name, but you know Truman's friend in the Truman Show?
0: Ah, I do. The guy that, but, yeah, exactly, a little bit. To me, he looks like he just looks like a solid guy. He looks like a solid yeah. guy. You know what he reminds me of, Mateo? Mm-hmm. Your favorite character from Lord of the Rings.
1: Sam. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that too. Kind of gives you like Sam, Ruby vibes.
0: Yeah, he's just the guy that's always there. He never gives up. He's persistent. He's dogged. He's selfless. Not greedy. Yep. We know that Agrippa
1: chose
0: Agrippa chose the right side. He chose his best friend's great uncle's side.
1: Loyalty over greed.
0: Yeah. And we don't know, Matteo. it's so frustrating because Agrippa is one of these people we see uh, this little traces of, faint traces, and it just leaves you thirsting for more. Mm-hmm. So, remember we talked about the battle at Munda, where Caesar finally triumphed over the last vestiges of the Republic, which was Labienus and the two Pompeii kids. Agrippa right. fought in that battle, but we just don't know what he did. So 49 oh. BC, he was 40, <clears throat> 49 BC, Matteo. he was 49, no, sorry, this isn't 49, yeah, 49 BC. And Agrippa was born, we said in 63,
1: so, yeah. So he was fourteen. Yeah, he was there. Damn. What am I? What did I do at fourteen? <laughs> Man, not what did lot. what did any of
0: us do at fourteen? Me, not, not too not lot. too much either. So, Agrippa chose Caesar's side, but Agrippa had a brother, Matteo, and the brother chose Pompey's side. And the brother actually fought. In Africa, remember that the battle at Thapsus, where Caesar fought Cato and uh, Labinus and Pompey and Metellus, uh, Agrippa's brother was on the wrong side of that war he was he fought on the side of the Republic, and he was Did actually
1: Agrippa's brother
0: Noah yeah, but he just he chose he chose differently from was his brother
1: Older brother or younger brother
0: older brother yeah older brother, mm. and he was actually captured Matteo after that battle of so Thapsis.
1: Heir to the family, basically.
0: Yes, he was the heir. Yeah. And so this guy, the older brother, was captured, and Agrippa asked Caesar... Excuse me. Agrippa asked Octavian to ask his great-uncle to show mercy to his brother. And did he? He did.
1: One of the qualities of Caesar.
0: It, it was one of Caesar's no great one qualities. To make a
1: friend and no one to make an enemy
0: but you're you're so right. You're so right, but it's also a sign of how much Caesar believed in both Octavian and in Agrippa. Cuz these are a couple teenagers that are asking him to release somebody that fought against him would have plunged a dagger into his heart and he said, "Yeah, okay. I'll do it for you." So we, we don't know if Agrippa fought at Thapsis, Matteo, as well. Um, and again, if he did, he was a very young guy. Um, and we don't know what rank he was, but he must have acquitted himself well. He must have acquitted himself well in the eyes of Caesar. because now, let's fast forward, Matteo. it's 45 BC. Excuse me, the Battle of Munda is 45, so Agrippa was 18 years old at that time, not 14 years old. Uh, But in 45 BC, Caesar returns to Rome, Matteo. In October of 45, he had fought his last battle, even though he didn't know it was his last battle. He had defeated the last forces of the Republic. And when he got back to Rome, he sent these two young guys east. He sent Octavian, Agrippa, and there was a third friend, Matteo. And I bet you've never heard of this name. Quintus, Salvius, Salvedinus Rufus.
1: No, it seems like he has the same name twice.
0: Yeah, the, these were like the three amigos. Octavian, Agrippa, and we'll call this guy, I don't know. It's a mouthful of a name. Let's call him Quintus. Yeah? Rufus, uh, oh, you can call uh, him Rufus. Yeah, Rufus. let's call him Rufus. Rufus is fun. So, they Caesar sent these guys, Mateo, to Apollonia, which is modern Albania. Greece. Yeah, Albania. And he sent them there to wait for him. He said, I want you to go there. I'm going to get you a tutor that's going to tutor you in rhetoric and philosophy. And I want you to hang out with the Macedonian legions. Get to know the legions. Get to know the men.
1: Why? That's so smart. Assimilate themselves. Build trust. And yes? loyalty. That's exactly right. The Macedonian legions were before Pompey's before, right? Because well, didn't Pompey have Greece?
0: Pompey did have Greece. I don't know if these were formerly Pompey's yeah, legions.
1: Because Maybe. Actually, uh, you, you,
0: to... you may well be right. But we, remember, we know at this time that Caesar was getting ready, Matteo, for a major eastern campaign.
1: Right? Right, that's true. So Greece would probably be the launch
0: point. It would be the launching point because he was planning on marching on Parthia and avenging the humiliation of Crassus. And recovering Caesar could have done it too. And recovering the legionary standards:
1: Maybe Caesar could have done it because only one Roman general was successful against Part
0: For sure. If Maybe anybody
1: Caesar could have done it like 800 years earlier
0: or whatever. I, I, if anybody could have done it, it, it would have been Caesar. Unfortunately, he never got a chance to pursue that campaign. So what so So these guys are there studying under this Greek stoic philosopher. A guy by the name of Athenodorus of Tarsus. And let's say they arrived in October of forty-five, or maybe in November, December of forty-five. But just a few months later, devastating news arrived. Yep. Julius Caesar had been murdered on March fifteenth of
1: forty-four. Conspiracy to kill Julius Caesar.
0: Yeah. Still gives me chills.
1: Yeah, it's, it gives me like Kennedy vibes.
0: Yeah, so Octavian was obviously distraught. You know, for on on so many levels, right?
1: Right. He thought his whole future. He was imagining his whole future ahead of him, him and his uncle, all that stuff, and in no time, it was all taken from him. Yeah,
0: and even he if he was he's, a
1: kid, he was a boy.
0: He was he was a he was a kid. The guy is 18, like forty four. He's nineteen years old now. Okay. And even if he didn't have strong personal affection for his great uncle, his great uncle was the path for him. Mm. And not only that, but if these people that were calling themselves the liberators, Marcus Brutus and and Cassius, if they were willing to kill Caesar to really finish the job, they needed to take care of any male members of the line. Yeah. Right. So. Octavian didn't know what to do, Matteo. He's in shock. But Agrippa and Rufus, his two buddies, said, Hey, Octavian, you have no choice. You need to go back to Rome. And they suggested, Matteo, listen to this. How would history have been different if he had listened to this suggestion? They suggested, take the Macedonian legions. These are your great-uncles legions. Take the legions, and together, let's march on Rome. Let's pull, mm. let's pull a Sula. Then he would, have been,
1: he would have been seen as a tyrant as well.
0: Yeah. And so, incredible guy, Octavian. He knew when to show restraint. And instead, he said, you know what? Agrippa, Rufus, I agree. I need to go back to Rome. But let's hop on ships, just us, a couple friends, and let's sail back to Rome. And that's what they did. So the buddies arrive in, they sail to Brundisium, Brindisi, and they march overland up to Rome. The three amigos, Octavius, Agrippa, and Rufus. And as soon as he landed, Matteo, as soon as he landed, another letter arrived for Octavian. That is when he found out that he was Julius Caesar's principal heir. And not only awesome. was he Caesar's principal heir, Mateo, but he was posthumously adopted as his son. So Caesar put in his okay. will, two-thirds of my estate go to Octavian, and Octavian is my son.
1: Mark Antony, must have been feeling? Mm.
0: You can just imagine. After all the loyalty that he had shown to Caesar over so many years...
1: This kid. Just Caesar knew that this guy didn't fit in the big picture.
0: Caesar was a brilliant, brilliant, uh, uh, he had a brilliant ability to, to assess character. And yeah. he, he nailed it with Octavian. Could not have done and The insects it. of Octavian was yeah.
1: beyond him.
0: Yeah. But at, to your point, Anthony, this guy can't even pick up a sword. Like, he's just too weak. Let alone actually hold a sword in battle. He had zero battle experience, zero political experience.
1: All, all battle, all small yeah. picture. Yeah. And so he wouldn't have been able to survive in a nest of life, as like
0: Rome. Yeah. And, well, we'll, we'll see what happens to Antony in, in Octavian's episode. At any rate, Octavian, he knew <clears throat> what he didn't know. And he knew what he wasn't capable of. So he gets to Rome and he's relying heavily, Matteo, on his two best friends. And these guys are now 20, 21 years old. Right? And, and- Two
1: years of travel time?
0: No, not two years of travel time. Hang on oh. a second. They get back, this is 44, no, you're right, 19 years old. Yeah, they're still, 90 years old. <laughs> yeah, this Yeah, you're right. It's 44, they were born in 63. So, as soon as they get back, Mateo, uh, Octavian said to his, his friends, guys, I need you to take care of something. Uh, it said to Agrippa, I need you to go on a special mission. Yeah? I want you to yeah. f- go find, I want you to prosecute a case against one of the two uh, conspirators that helped kill my, my great-uncle. My adop- Now, at this point, my father, Caesar. And so Agrippa, at 19, was given the job of being the prosecutor of Gaius Cassius Longinus.
1: It's pretty crazy. The Because the amount of education these guys probably received was incredible. At 19, so you would have just put the hat on and become a lawyer. 19.
0: 19. And keep in mind as well, Agrippa, it's not like he had great military or legal experience at that point. He's a 19-year-old kid. But it's a sign of Octavian's confidence in him from the get-go. And right, ar- he was capable. around that time, Mateo, Agrippa was elected a tribune of the plebs. And he entered the Senate.
1: Really? Yes. So he was a
0: homo. Yeah. He was. (laughs) Very much so. Yeah. And so, and then in 40, not 42 BC. All right. So they're back in Rome for two years, Agrippa and Octavian and Mark Antony. Listen to that. Agrippa, Octavian and Mark Antony went east to pursue the last two great holdouts amongst this group that called themselves the Liberators, the murderers right. of Julius Caesar. And those two holdouts right. were Cassius and, and Brutus. Brutus, yeah.
1: By the way, Rufus was also there. So-, so wh- wh- Why does Rufus get no, Rufus gets even less mentioned than, um, than
0: Agrippa? You're gonna find out why very shortly. There's a reason why. So the, at the Battle of the Philippi, Matteo, It was Octavian, Agrippa, Mark Antony versus Cassius and Brutus. We know Agrippa was there, Manteo. We know that Agrippa fought. And we know that Octavian never fought. Never fought.
1: And we know that... He He never even commanded men. No, he did command men. He did. He never got into the you back. Know, he always led from the
0: back. He, he, le- he led from the back, and he led from the sidelines, but Agrippa was always in the thick of battle, and we're going to see it shortly at Actium. But So not knowing exactly what Agrippa did, we know that he was there, and we know that his side won. All right. But at this point in battle, Octavian was relying more on the help of Rufus, who was a little bit older, had a little bit more battle experience. So these young men were victorious with Mark Antony, and they returned west to Rome. But Mark Antony, Matteo, did not. Mark Antony right. stayed Mark in the Antony East. Knew. Now that
1: he eliminated the competition, he had to make a move.
0: He made a move, all right. He made a move on Cleopatra. what <laughs> he made a move on. So we're now in 42 BC, Matteo, and... Rufus and Octavian and Agrippa are back in Rome. All right? And right yeah. around there, Matteo, the wife of Mark Antony did not accompany Mark Antony to the East. So Mark Antony stays in the East. He's having this torrid love affair with Cleopatra, who had already given birth to a, a kid for and Caesar and wound up yeah. ha- giving birth to three children of Mark Antony. Mark Antony's wife. That's a
1: lot.
0: Wow. Yeah. She was productive. Uh, Mark Anthony's wife, Mateo, was a woman by the name of Fulvia. We've talked
1: about her before. I don't know if you recall when. Was Fulvia married to... Fulvia was married to the the prankster, what's
0: his name? Yeah, Publius Clodius Poker. Yeah, poker. Yeah, poker. Yeah, she was married to Loki. And when Loki was murdered, she married... Mark Antony. So her husband, Mateo, Mark Antony stayed in the East, having his mega love affair with Cleopatra and Fulvia wanted her husband to come home. Right. Right. And so what's the best way to get my husband, husband to come home?
1: Divorce.
0: No, I'm going to start a war against Octavian.
1: (laughs) No way. Yeah. No way. She started it.
0: Yeah, she did. She, like, gathered troops, paid people off, and started a little rebellion against Octavian. And, again, this is Agrippa's episode. We don't know exactly what happened, but we know that Agrippa is the one that put down this rebellion. Because at this point, Octavian had gone to Gaul to take control of his... The legions? Yeah, the legions in Gaul. And he left Agrippa. Okay, we're talking about a 21... two 21-year-old kids... He left Agrippa in charge of Rome when he went west.
1: And did Agrippa handle it better than than Mark Antony?
0: It handled it beautifully. He put down the rebellion, and around this time, he was elected urban praetor, Matteo. And the job of the urban...
1: Huh? Rising up in the world.
0: Oh, my God. Very fast. So is, is, I think,
1: so definitely Rufus, Octavian, and Agrippa all were born with just like more high, more capable than others. Like natural cra- abilities.
0: Crazy skills. These guys were, they yeah. were born Jedis. The, the force was strong. Probably, yeah, so he
1: probably had a high IQ as well. I think exceptionally
0: high. I mean, can you imagine as how... big as... How daunting that must have been. 21 mm-hmm. years old. The Senate is still very much there, by the way, filled with a bunch of old farts. Uh with rich guys. You still had this anti-Caesar dynamic as well, kind of this liberator sentiment. And Agrippa was left there in charge. And around this time, Matteo, by the way, his job, Agrippa's charge was not just protect Rome, but protect Italy from the liberators. And around this time, you will recall a guy by the name of Sextus Pompeius. Right? Hard to forget. So Pompey had two sons. One was killed at Munda. The other one escaped. And other
1: one? Right. And he had taken control. Okay, I remember
0: that Octavian fought against uh, Pompeian forces in Greece, right? Octavian fought against Pompeian forces. No, it, not in Greece, in, in, in Sicily. Because Sextus Pompeius mm-hmm. took control of Sicily. And he had he basically turned into a very serious, nasty pirate.
1: <laughs> wow. Yeah. Was he, was he positioned in Messina? Or,
0: or, um... uh, you know, it's a good question. I don't know yeah. where in Sicily his, his headquarters were. It was probably like Siracusa, no? I'm guessing, but who knows. And so in July of 40, he's taking over the island of Sicily, and Agrippa organized an army, Matteo and started moving south to counter, to basically to meet Sextus Pompeius in battle, to, to push Sextus out of, uh, out of Sicily, which he did. Uh, and shortly thereafter, Mark Antony, Matteo, invaded the south of Italy. So Mark Antony is, is, is back. And Agrippa-led right. forces now against Mark Antony. Mark Antony. Agrippa, okay. 21-year-old Agrippa, versus Mark Antony, Caesar's legate lieutenant and, did, and best friend.
1: Yeah, captain of
0: Rome. Yeah. And uh, Agrippa was successful in initial battles, and so much so that Mark Antony basically said, hey, let, let's negotiate. Let's negotiate. Why, why are we fighting? We're friends. Um, and the armies of uh, Agrippa and now Octavian. Octavian is there with him. And Mark Antony, they were re- reluctant to fight each other. Guys, we're all Romans. We're, what are we doing here? We're all Romans and we're all kind of in Caesar's camp.
1: Caesarians, yeah.
0: Yes, we're yeah. Caesarians. So what, what are we doing? And so Octavian sent Agrippa as his ambassador to talk to Mark Antony. Uh, There's
1: a crisis for who would become the leader of the faction. Yeah. And in
0: this conversation, Matteo. Agrippa and Mark Antony. Mark Antony, as a gesture of goodwill, revealed that there was a traitor in Octavian's inner circle. No way. I'm
1: guessing who it is, huh? Guess. Rufus.
0: You named it. Yeah, Rufus. How is he a traitor? Um, Because he had made an offer to Mark Antony to come over to Mark Antony's side.
1: Wow.
0: And so at that point, Rufus was either assassinated by Octavian or he committed suicide in anticipation of what Octavian might do to him. And Socks. so the brotherhood, the three amigos, were no longer three. Three musketeers are now two. Now we're down to the two brothers. The two brothers, Octavian and Agrippa. In 39 BC, Mateo, Agrippa was appointed governor of Cisalpine Gaul. Alright? This is a really big deal. Cisalpine Gaul was one of the wealthiest of Roman provinces, Matteo. Right. It. This was a job that Julius Caesar had been given just nine years before. Let that sink in for a second.
1: Yeah, Julius Caesar's success was rapid.
0: Nine years before, but Agrippa, at thirty, he is twenty-four years old. Caesar was like yeah, so fifty.
1: Caesar did at thirty-something, at twenty.
0: Yeah. 24. Crazy. And so, governor of Cisalpine Gaul, at the age of 24 years old, 24 years old. It's like, Mateo, remember in Cincinnati's episode, we were talking about Cincinnatus leading troops into battle, and the guy was in his 60s, right? Right. Back in old Rome, in the old republic. It's like... You had, we had so many examples of great leaders and warriors and senators being really old.
1: Yeah, I was always the seasoned guy, just the oldest guy. In.
0: Yeah. But it's like everything
1: is accelerating now. Everything is happening. Yeah, now people, are, people are evolving now. You don't have, you don't need years of experience to be capable. Yeah.
0: And so, 24 years old, Matteo, in charge of Cis Alpine Gaul, guess what he did? He built a bridge. He crossed the Rhine and he kicked the butt of the Suevians. The Swabians. First Roman commander sent Caesar to cross the Rhine. Agrippa did it. Yeah. But you know what the big difference is? Why? Agrippa didn't write letters back to the Senate telling everybody about how awesome he was and what he had just done.
1: So that's why he didn't get as much recognition yeah and and we just don't have a I mean, lot of detail I mean, that says a lot about his character though I you think, know he wasn't in it for the glory the personal gain he was just fiercely loyal you know he believed in a cause yes he was a you just get the sense
0: that he was just a remarkable guy he was a guy that yeah. got things done and so he cro- mateo he crossed the rhine he fought and defeated the Swabians. And he founded a new city, a tiny little city that he called Ara Ubiorum. Oh, by the way, after he defeated the Swabians, he resettled them. So, you okay, guys, done? We're done. Like, defeated? Here, come come live here. Here's a nice new place for you to live now that we're friends. The city is called Ara Ubiorum. And that city still exists today, Mateo. Ara Ubiorum, what's it called today? Cologne.
1: Stop. Yeah. 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 Well, we could thank this guy that there's such nice fragrances in the
0: world. Yeah. Cologne, Germany was founded by Mr. Marcus Agrippa. So Mateo, what frustrates me is we can only imagine what this guy accomplished, what he really did. We just Don't have the details, but it must have been truly, I mean, truly remarkable. All of this at the age of 24, 25. In 37 BC, Agrippa is now 26 years old, and his 26-year-old best friend, Octavian, asked him to please return to Rome. I I need you to come back, and I want you to serve as consul. So, 26-year-old dude is elected consul, Matteo, And... Octavian really needed his help. Why? This guy, Sextus Pompeius, he hadn't gone away. He had consolidated control of the island of Sicily, and Octavian, in, one of his, in his very few attempts, Matteo, to lead troops into battle, led troops, Navy, into battle against Sextus Pompeius, and was badly routed.
1: No way. That's ba- got to be embarrassing. Badly. So, hey, but you can't, you can't knock him for not trying.
0: I agree. Can't knock him for trying. And you can't knock but him he
1: for. Knew, he knew his limits.
0: Yeah, you can't <laughs> knock him for saying,
1: okay,
0: I need help. And so he called Agrippa. And when Agrippa got back to Rome, Matteo, the first thing that Octavian said was, man, what you did up there against the Swabians was insane. I want to give you a triumph.
1: What a good percent. No, thank you. No way, really? Yeah. Why not? Was there like some... It, what was the reason for it?
0: The reason was, he felt that it was inappropriate for him to be celebrating a triumph when his friend Octavian had just suffered this sort of humiliating setback against Sextus Pompeius.
1: What a good guy. Incredible, no? Yeah, super selfless dude.
0: Yeah. I, I just I can't think of any other Roman hero that we've covered, uh, lost Roman hero, that would have reacted the same, that would have shown that emotional IQ, saying that no, it's just not right. It doesn't feel right. Maybe Skip you. Maybe, that, yeah. Maybe. <clears throat> so, Octavian put Agrippa in charge of, uh, of providing, a. Assist- so Octavian had built this big navy and big navy that had just lost to to Sextus pompeius um yeah. and octavian said I, I need you to basically take control of uh i need you to take control of this effort against Sextus pompeius so right. agrippa Matteo went south and he found the lake very close to naples and the, the risk was that if you, you start building a, a fleet to take on Sextus Pompeius, he had a massive fleet, and he would swoop in and destroy the fleet before they had a chance to really get going. So Agrippa found a lake near Naples, and he carved a canal from that lake to the sea, making a protected harbor. And in that protected harbor, he started building a new fleet to take on Sextus Pompeius. And not only did he start building the fleet, Matteo, but he started developing new technology. No and, way. In particular, and we're gonna see he this it
1: himself?
0: Yeah, there's so you know the the ballista, right? The right. that the fires these bolts It's like yeah. artillery. So yeah, he the took he took a ballista and he modified it to fire not a bolt, but to fire a grappling hook.
1: So reel them in.
0: Yeah. Anyways, Mateo, we just had a little technical issue, Mateo's microphone has been disconnected because he had a computer power issue, and it, 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 listening back to the episode, to our listeners, I apologize, it sounds like the record level has been too high, and that's not ideal, I'm so sorry, as I said, we're working through kind of new technology here, and I promise going forward in subsequent episodes, we're going to get better. Thank you for your patience.
1: Right, sorry for not being uh, prepared with the charged computer. That was my fault. Won't happen again.
0: Yeah, that's a good idea. Definitely charge your computer next time before before yeah, we do an episode. The
1: future, i definitely going to be implementing that plan.
0: Okay. All right, good. By the way, because you don't have a microphone, I think you need to make an effort to speak up a little bit more so that you're... Speak
1: louder? <clears throat> yeah,
0: please. So Okay, okay. So, Mateo, Octavian gave control of this... Effort to take out Sextus Pompeius to Agrippa. Agrippa built a navy, trained the navy, made develop new technology, and he, Agrippa personally led that navy on a second attempt to take out Sextus Pompeius, which he did. He crushed mateo crushed Sextus's fleet, destroyed all but seventeen of Sextus Sextus's ships, and he compelled Sextus's fleet to surrender. And I mean, so he
1: was super talented. Massively talented. And he was crazy. Roman ingenuity is so impressive. Yes. The fact that this guy was able to dig out an entire harbor. Yeah. And connect it
0: to a lake. Just, they just didn't take no for an answer. Like, there's got to be an engineering solution to the problem. And uh, on November 13th, Matteo, of 36 BC, Agrippa was given a truly great honor. Do you remember the, the grass crown? Yeah, I remember it was only a word like twenty times or something Yeah, something like that. Exactly right. So he wasn't given a grass crown, Mateo. He was given a naval crown. Corona Navalis. It was a crown, Mateo, decorated with the prows of of ships.
1: That's pretty cool. I'm not gonna lie. To <laughs> it's really cool, right? That's awesome, yeah. And, so you he's like and he's just basically he's like the uh-huh? god of the ocean. Yeah, exactly
0: right. Aquaman. And so according to the Roman historian uh, Dio, this was, quote unquote, a decoration given to nobody before or since.
1: One time. One time award? That's incredible. I'm not going to lie. Incredible. Jeez. Yeah. That's like, so probably one of the most prestigious awards ever given on the Roman
0: Empire. I, I think so. Given to this guy that had turned down the triumph a short while before.
1: Only it seems Agrippa. Seems like his self is You yeah. know, Like maybe that's a secret to success.
0: I think so. No muss, no fuss, and he was just about getting it done. So Agrippa stayed in the field for the next two years, Mateo, helping Octavian to consolidate power, fighting enemies of the Caesarians, and in 34 BC, so 34. He was born in 63. How old is he now?
1: Born Born 63, it's 34, he's 29. Yeah, nice. Oh, you're back, you're back, you're back. Quick math. (laughs) Yep, I got a 17
0: out of 18 on math. That's That's very good. I'm happy to hear that. So he returned to Rome, Matteo, and when he returned to Rome, he focused himself on public works. He wanted to help Octavian to transform the city. Right?
1: So by this point, is Octavian emperor? No, he's so, not right? he's not no, he's not, not yet. Augustus yet. That's so coming. He's, so he's he's leader of the city. Yeah, he he, he is, is the he's the leading he's in man. In charge. 29
0: okay. years old. He is leading the charge. Right. He is leading the Senate. And so Agrippa helped Octavian to upgrade the infrastructure of the city. He repaired aqueducts, uh, the Aqua Marcia in particular, which was one of Rome's longest aqueducts. It was built in 144 BC. And Mateo, if you're looking at the screen right now, and to our listeners, you can find this at www. You you can see the, the the path of the Aqua Marcia as it ran Which out. Which is of, very
1: long. That's that's over hundred kilometers. Yeah. Even, right. Crazy. It's so cool. Romans uh, are just. Yeah, so impressive. And by we the way. Uh, what's that? So, we could like in the United States. Everything's moved so much like they probably what? how fast do you think they've built that? I don't know. I mean a year probably I mean, These guys were just geniuses. They were geniuses
0: engineering geniuses and he was given a new title Matteo, called the curator Aquarum. It was the first time anyone in Rome's history had been given this title and this responsibility It meant keeper of the waters
1: Water curator. <laughs> yeah isn't that cool? That's
0: pretty funny. It's a yeah. huge responsibility. If you think that the city of Rome at this time had about a million uh, population of around a million, water was a pretty darn important thing. And then in 33 BC, Matteo, he was elected Adel Remember Adel or the, these are people, basically it was somebody in charge of, of buildings and infrastructure, yeah, right? For low position, right? But it's a low position. I mean, this is a guy, Agrippa had been... A console. Like you don't go console and then go down to Adol. You go adel and you gradually work your way up to console. Are you looking at your phone? I get a sense you're looking at your phone.
1: Sorry, my teacher just texting me
0: on the chat. Okay. All right. Well, focus. Come back to me. Come back to the listeners. I'm
1: here. I'm here. I'll okay,
0: but to listen to done this done. point. As you said. You work your way up from the bottom of the ladder to the top. adl, and eventually, hopefully, get to consul. This is a guy that had already been at the top of the world. He had already been a consul. What's he doing taking this junior position? Adel, infrastructure. What is this? And, well, infrastructure, you saw, you saw what you did with that. And that's the answer. The answer is Augustus, Octavian, needed him. I
1: need Everything you. Everything was self-funded, and he had the funds to do whatever the hell he wanted.
0: I need you to help me fix the city. And you can just imagine, Mateo, so many of the characters that we've covered in this podcast would have been embarrassed to be Adel after being consul. Like, no way. It's all
1: about honor, right? Right. But that wasn't Agrippa. This guy was all about, yeah, meaningfulness. And, and I'm assuming it's when he was Adel when he built one of the most imposing structures that are, has, has been standing for the last 2,000 years.
0: Not yet. It's coming. At least it's it's coming. But he did build three new aqueducts, and repaired the aqua Julia aqua marcia and the aqua Virgo he restored sewers he built a bathhouse the bathhouse of Agrippa he paved streets uh, he also founded a corps of 250 slaves whose job was to maintain the sewers and the aqueducts and among the other things that he accomplished Mateo at that moment he fixed and expanded the cloaca maxima
1: Do you remember what that is yeah, it's a super long
0: sewage system that's still standing in its yeah. condition. Yeah, it's insane. So if listeners go to our website, www.lostermanheroes.com, you'll see an image of the Cloaca Maxima, and you will also see a, a map showing the path that it ran and still runs in the city of Rome. It is still draining the area
1: around the Roman Forum, Mateo. Which I is, mean, that's just incredibly impressive. Yeah, beyond impressive. It really is. You know, pipes pipes nowadays don't last more than
0: 50 years. 100%. And this thing is still draining stormwater out of the, the center, the historic center of the city of Rome. So, uh, that, that cloaca maxima, by the way, Matteo, it was built in around 600 BC to drain marshes around the Forum, and it was an absolute and remains an engineering marvel. And it exists still in part due to Agrippa's restoration work, because this is now 600 years after the right. thing was this built. Is,
1: it's been 2,600 years since yeah.
0: it's built for us. Yeah. And by the way, one, of the, one of the last things he did, Matteo, as Edo, he threw all of the astrologers out of the city of Rome. Why? What's wrong with astrology? Because it's hocus-pocus. It's, it's, it's,
1: it's, yeah, it's just a nonsense, right?
0: Yeah, it's hocus-pocus. Right. Thank and, you, finally we- I mean, I'm glad he agrees with us. So this guy, he was just coldly rational. We don't have time for this nonsense. We need to get stuff done. And so when you think about, and we'll see it in Octavian's episode, how he bragged, bragged in his will about how he had found Rome, a city of brick, and he left it a city of marble, a lot of that had to do with the efforts of his best friend. I
1: mean... Yeah, probably, because, listen, one man can't juggle all these things by himself. Yes. It's pretty good when a genius has another
0: pretty high... Another
1: genius. ...to rely on. Yeah. But another genius,
0: because Agrippa, we've seen him accomplished in the field of war. We've seen him accomplished as, yeah, as an engineer. Yeah, like seems
1: more well-rounded. Incredible. Like, I think Octavian was a super, super heightened like, IQ intellect, yeah. like, like, stuff like that, but he seems like more like a well-rounded character. And with no ambition, which is amazing.
0: Yes, yes, is amazing. So now, Matteo, we're in thirty-one BC. Octavian, Agrippa, uh, and Octavian are both sixty-three minus thirty-one.
1: Sixty-three minus thirty-one is thirty-two. You got it. <laughs> All right, good, good, good. I wish the listeners could and see the I look on my your Adderall face. <laughs> I did not take my Adderall So, i still,
0: <laughs> me. So, <clears throat> war finally breaks out, Matteo, between Octavian and Antony. Like, they've been flirting with it, on and off, frenemies for, for a while. But now, the planet simply wasn't big enough for the two of them, right? Uh, Mark Antony was in the east with Cleopatra, making babies. and People
1: were slandering his name, yeah. saying that he was un-Roman. yeah. Yeah, engaging in un-Roman um, Yes, That's
0: exactly right. And we're going to see this in much greater detail in Octavian's episode. But war was a brewing, right? And this was going to be the war for Caesar's legacy and war for control of the Roman state. And it's interesting because it wasn't just a Caesar, uh, uh, Octavian versus Mark Antony, but it was an East versus West war as well. Now, you know, is, is kind of the Greek world going to wind up dominating Rome, which ultimately it would, right, after the fall of the West? Right. Uh, and so... It, I, it's I, the new powerhouse
1: of the West that's so strong.
0: Yes. And so here's a great quote, Matteo, which I love very much. This is from the Roman poet Virgil, who was a contemporary of, of Octavian and, and Agrippa. And this is how Virgil described the coming battle. Augustus Caesar stands, high on the lofty stern, his temples flame with double fire, and over his head there were dons, his father's star, his father being Caesar. Agrippa leads a column, with favoring wind and God, the naval crown, wreathing his temples. Antony assembles Egypt and all the east, Antony, victor over the lands of Don and the Red Ocean, marshals the foes of Rome, himself a Roman, with horror, an Egyptian wife. Can't hear you,
1: you went. You, you lost, you muted. Oh, sorry, sorry. I'm saying it's kind of crazy when you think about it. This, when you, when you really think about it, is the last chance of the free societies, the free sophisticated societies versus Rome. Because Anthony's leading Greeks, Egyptians, Parthians, um, ph- Philistines, like easily all the, the civilized uh, world we in now, basically.
0: Yeah, the civilized opposition. Yeah. And him being a Roman, which was ultimately... Which is
1: kind of, yeah, it's, that's what ruined it for him. That's, that, like,
0: that, yeah. that's exactly right. That's what ruined it for him.
1: Same so, thing that when you think about it ruined it for Alexander the Great. In what sense? Well, I know that he basically got very into Persian culture and yeah. had a lot of like neo- Greco Persian things. and a yeah. lot of like uh, OGS did not like that.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, the conservatives will never like that, right? And and to yeah, some extent, and- Scipio as well was accused of the same of being too 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 much a lover of of Greek culture. That was what one of the issues that right. Cato Cato the Elder had with him.
1: Even though they're all they
0: basically descended from Greek culture, so yeah, it's true. It's pretty
1: funny when you think about it. It is, yeah. Whatever. It's
0: it's a little hypocritical. So Octavian, as always, was supported by Agrippa, Matteo, in the coming battle. Agrippa was given command of the fleet. Makes sense. Mark Antony was in the east. Agrippa sailed east, and he captured this the island of Corfu, then known as Corkira, and he made it his center of naval operations. And then, Mateo, in a very short period of time, he defeated Quintus Nasilius, which was one of Antony's naval commanders off the coast of Patrai, which is modern Patras. Then, as he was sailing to join Octavian, who was was now moving east, Agrippa defeated another of Antony's lieutenants, a guy by the name of Gaius Socius. And Gaius Socius was in the process of beating up One of Octavian's other commanders, a guy by the name of Lucius Tarius. So So basically, he's he's zipping around. Yeah, he's zipping around. The the theater.
1: Yeah. Just victory after
0: victory. Victory after victory. And he smashed this guy who was about to destroy another one of Octavian's lieutenants. And it's frustrating as hell because we don't have a ton in the way of details. I've read the ancient sources, I've read modern sources. We just don't know the nature of the battle. We just know that Agrippa swooped in and won. And it's the problem
1: Agrippa
0: with smash. The, the great man <laughs> Agrippa, Agrippa Smash. It's a problem yeah. with the, the great man theory of history, right? It's it, when you read the ancient sources, they talk about Caesar did this, Caesar did that, Caesar did the other, but it wasn't Caesar, it was Agrippa. He,
1: yeah.
0: And oh, it, okay, it, yeah, exactly. So here is an example, Matteo. This is a contemporary source. Roman source, a guy by the name of Cassius Dio, right? And he devotes page after page after page to Octavian. And this is all we get on Agrippa. Listen this. While they were so engaged, Agrippa made a sudden dash with his fleet and captured Lucas and the vessels which were there, took Patri by conquering Quintus, Nisidius in a sea fight and later reduced Corinth also.
1: That's it. I mean, I don't know if maybe that was the doing of Octavian, and if so, I mean, listen, gotta cement your legacy. Yeah. So, and I don't ag- know. Maybe that was the plan to give the credit to Octavian, so that he would be maybe un- unopposed.
0: I th- I suspect you're right. I think Agrippa, if there was Agrippa, would have gone along with this because his objective was to help place his best friend on a pedestal. So Octavian had now sailed from Brundisium, Mateo at this point, and he landed in Epirus. We've talked about this region in Greece before, um, just north of Actium, okay? Because Actium is, is also in Greece, and uh, Octavian, Mateo set up his headquarters in a town called Toron, or Torone. And in Latin, that, right. that word, Mateo means ladle. You know what a ladle is?
1: Yeah, ladle something that you, like, served
0: with. Yeah, right, exactly. But it had a slang meaning in Latin as well, Matteo. Which, which is? A male body part. Interesting. So Cleopatra joked when she heard that Octavian had landed in Turon and was sitting on Tyrone and that he wasn't moving from Tyrone. she joked saying, you know what, Octavian can sit on Tyrone all he wants.
1: <laughs> are you sitting on a, on a yes. male body
0: part. he's sitting on a male body part. So that's Cle- pretty funny. Yeah, Cleopatra found that well, so very amusing. so the
1: audio better? I reconnected uh, the
0: mic. Yes, it's the audio's better. Welcome back. Okay. Okay. Thanks. So, Mark Antony's main force was also at in Epirus, but just south on sea and land. So, Mark Ant, this was a joint amphibious operation. The, uh, there were land armies and there were there were fleet, um, and. Mark Antony was also supported, Mateo, by Cleopatra. She was also there. She had her own detachment, her own she fleet was leading there. leading troops? Yeah, she,
1: she sailed I wonder fr- if she... Hm? Huh. I wonder if she was adept um, or inept when it came to military matters.
0: I, I have to imagine this woman who had survived uh, Caesar, Mark Antony, uh, her brother, she had to have been adept. I, I suspect that she was exceptionally capable and an extraordinary human being, in, in every sense
1: of right, the word. but none, nothing more gifted than her intrigue.
0: Yeah. So, Agrippa was in charge of the fleet, and he established a blockade of Mark Antony's army and navy. And if you take a look at the map, Mateo, Actium has a protected gulf, which is called the Gulf of Abracha. So I'm, I'm showing you right now an image, and to our listeners, you can find it on www.lastroomandheroes.com. Okay. Uh, so, Mark Antony was in that Abracian Gulf. So, it was a protected harbor. And you can see the camp of Octavian, which is sort of just north on land. Octavian was on land, Agrippa was at sea. Uh, and uh, as the blockade wore on, Matteo, and this is a blockade that lasted for months uh, in, in the spring and summer of 31. Mark Antony's position started deteriorating. He started running out of supplies. He had positioned his land forces in a bad place that wasn't well um, uh, uh, irrigated, didn't have fresh water. Malaria and dysentery broke out in the camp. So there, there's this building pressure on Mark Antony and Mateo at Actium to do something. He had to break out, right? He had to make a move. Right. And
1: if you think about it, he was leading all these groups of men that at this point were probably missing home. Like all these Egyptian guys did I well, want to be in
0: Greece. And it wasn't just Egyptian. He also had some of old, you know, Caesar's old troops as well. So he right. he had a, a core of of Caesar loyalists as well. But yeah, yeah, people were were getting antsy. And Octavian got word because there were people defecting from Mark Antony's camp. Uh, both little guys and big guys, like senators that had been on Mark Antony's side were defecting and were just crossing the lines and coming over to Octavian. And so Agrippin and Octavian understood that the moment was about to happen. Mark Antony and Cleopatra were going to make a run for it and they were going to flee for Egypt. And Octavian had a plan. He said, Agrippa, I have a genius idea, all right? I'm going to let Mark Antony and Cleopatra pass the blockade, right? And then as soon as they pass, I'm going to close the line, close the blockade so they're cut off from the rest of the fleet and then I'll hunt them down and destroy them. And Agrippa said, Octavian with all due respect, that's a bad idea. because once they cross the blockade, they're going to unfurl their sails and their ships are faster than ours. We won't be able to catch up. They'll, they'll be able to escape to Egypt, all right? So we need to maintain the blockade, prevent them from from breaking out and attack them here. Back in the enemy camp, Mark Antony, Matteo gave a, a speech to the men, a rousing speech, trying to amp them up and, and get them ready, for war. And how did he try to amp them up?
1: By ins- uh, probably talk this, huh?
0: talking trash about who? Yeah. Octavian? No. Agrippa? Yeah. This is what he said. Because right, he
1: knew he was the man he had to fear.
0: He said, Do not imagine now that they possess any particular seamanship just because Agrippa won a naval battle off Sicily. That was the one against Sextus Pompeius. For they contended not against Sextus, but against his slaves, not against an enemy with equipment like ours, but against one far inferior. So, yeah. So, he's, yeah, he's,
1: he's, he's taking it personal.
0: He's trash talking Agrippa. And how did that work out for you, little Mr. Mark Antony? We shall see. On September 2nd of 31 BC, Matteo, Antony, Antony's ships exited this protected harbor. Uh, moved through the Straits into the Ionian Sea and Agrippa was there waiting for him. By the way, I wanted to say something to you. Remember uh, in Caesar's episode, uh, I forget which one I think the second episode we were talking about Caesar and Gaul and we were talking about Caesar's Navy attacking uh, Gallic ships and you're saying, yeah, but man, they had sails. Of course they had sails right because they're Carthaginian design. Right. Okay. This is what I learned today, actually. I b- bought a book on Augustus. Yeah, the Roman ships had sails, Mateo, but they didn't always use them. And in fact, when they were going into battle, they would take the masts and the sails off the ships, and they would wor- uh, They would row their-, their themselves into battle because they were much more maneuverable, right? So in battle, you would row and when you were traveling you pop in the 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 mast and and unfurl the sails
1: also i guess like that removes like more flammable materials and like fire and stuff like that so i guess that makes sense
0: yeah i think so and, and it probably it, it it liberates space on deck as well uh for you to put equipment and stuff so when Antony's ships moved into the ionian sea agrippa saw that some of them actually had masts and sails on. What did that mean? It meant that Anthony was preparing a backup plan, a plan B. Anthony was already expecting to fail. He was already expecting that he was going to flee. And what kind of a message does that send when not just the general, the dude, the dude is entering You're the leader. battle.
1: God's supposed to lead you to victory. Exactly right. And he's already preparing for for failure, probably not so inspiring.
0: Not so inspiring, and you can imagine what it said to Agrippa and, and the forces in his control. So, Mark Antony Matteo had about 250 galleys, okay? 250 galleys, they were big ships. They were quinqueremes and quadraremes. Quinqueremes and Quadriremes. And we're like way past Triremes. These are really big boats. Right. And on each inventions one...
1: inventions of the future. What's that? These are inventions of the future.
0: Yeah. And each one had 200 heavy marines on board, archers, and six ballistae per ship. I mean, that's...
1: So like cannons, basically.
0: Yeah. That's major firepower. Their bows were covered in bronze plates to prevent them from being like easily rammed and it allowed them to ram enemy ships and plus they were the ships were much higher up Mateo given their size which made it much harder to board the ships now Agrippa had 400 galleries so 250 for Mark Antony Agrippa had 400 but they were much smaller which also made them more maneuverable and he had this brilliant weapon that he had invented in his war against Sextus Pompeius which was the grappling hook but Mateo is called a harpax and if you look on our website, and Matteo, if you're seeing my screen right now, uh, it you'll basically see it was a modified ballista, and, with a
1: right. grappling
0: hook instead of a bolt.
1: Right. So that way you could reel them in, and instead of trying to use naval combat, just bore and... it
0: Exactly yeah. right. It's so a little it's bit like metal. Remember the first Punic War, where the Roman, I don't forget which Roman commander invented that. Like uh, yeah, the hook. The, yeah, the, exactly right. With a spike on the on the end of a ladder that would allow you to board the enemy yeah, ship. Yeah. So, this is kind of similar. So, Mark Antony sails out, Matteo. Uh, it took two hours for the fleets to form their battle lines. Uh, Agrippa had overall command of the fleet, but he also led the left wing. Uh, battle raged back and forth all day. The ramming strategy wasn't working because Antony's ships were so large. But Agrippa was a far superior commander, and his navy was seasoned because they had just fought this war against Sexus Pompeius. And so, you can imagine missiles flying back and forth, being fired by ballistae. You had these grappling hooks firing out, and and Agrippa pulling in ships, and and then... Arrows, arrows flying, javelin slings. Hand-to-hand combat as men went over the side and, and were boarding enemy ships. And at some point, Mateo, hours into the battle, An opening appeared in the center of Agrippa's line in the chaos of battle. And Cleopatra saw her opportunity, Matteo, She unfurled her sails and sailed through the hole left in the center of Agrippa's line. It was just a small portion of her fleet, but she took all of her treasury, Matteo. All of her treasury, and she was gone. And Antony saw her gone. All the funds. Yeah. Now, Antony's fleet couldn't break through. Agrippa was just was too dogged and ferocious and capable. But you can imagine Antony's men watching Cleopatra's fleet escape. They had been deserted. Thinking
1: what's going on here. Yeah. yeah.
0: What's happening? So, uh, it was... Night was falling now, Mateo. And some of these missiles were now fire missiles. So fire had broken out. In, uh, in 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 Antony's uh, lines, uh, right. and ships were on fire in, in the deep of night, and Antony decided to set fire to ships that he couldn't man, increasing the chaos. He jumped on a small ship himself. He took his treasury on that small nimble ship, and in the dark of night, he slipped through Agrippa's lines, Matteo, leaving his men behind to fight leaving his men behind to fight Agrippa. To die. To die. To fight and die. By the way, there was also battle on land. And on land, Mark Antony's commander was a guy named Publius Canidius, and he tried to retreat. He tried to march the men away, and Mark Antony's men refused to march away. Instead, they opened up negotiations with Octavian, and they defected en masse to Octavian, and shortly thereafter, Mark Antony's remaining navy did the same.
1: That's awesome.
0: Switch-sized. Yep. And that's it hey, for Mark Antony. Um,
1: huh? I just want to say, that we have to wrap this up because in five minutes it's going to get super loud. down
0: here. Okay, got it. Let's wrap it up. That's basically All the right. end of Mark Antony uh, because uh, he wasn't dead. He went to Egypt and he would be defeated by Octavian and Agrippa in a short period of time. But um, his re- reputation would never recover. Right?
1: right. This was the end of his, his plight.
0: Yeah, he fled. battle. He fled the battle. Romans, you don't flee. You can die in battle. You can lose a battle, but you don't run away. Mm. And Mark Antony ran away. So the best buddies returned to Rome, Matteo Agrippa was given many ov- uh, honors by Octavian, including the use of a blue banner, which was a big deal because he was granted the blue banner was to signify the fact that Agrippa is the guy that won Actium. So it was, it was a great honor. He married Octavian's niece, Claudia Marcella, uh, and in 28 and 27, Agrippa and Octavian together served as consuls, Matteo, That's pretty
1: awesome. Together. So Octavian, Octavian held him high.
0: As high as it gets. And in 27 BC, Agrippa built that building, the Pantheon, on property that was his. It was Agrippa's private property, and he built it to commemorate Actium, and it was connected, Matteo, by a special path to Hadrian's Mausoleum. You remember Hadrian's Mausoleum, right? Of course, of course. So that path no longer exists, but you can just imagine right there in the middle of the Campus Martius, the two best buddies built two extraordinary buildings and connected them by by a path. And Agrippa did other things in the Campus Martius, Matteo. He built a public swimming pool. A public swimming pool. And when he, he also built the baths of Agrippa, and when he died, Matteo, he left a special endowment so that the public would continue to enjoy these things and that the state wouldn't need to to pay for them. Uh, That's funny. Yeah. yeah. He also built two synagogues in the same general area. And he named wow. the one synagogue Agrippa and the other one Octavian.
1: That's pretty weird.
0: <laughs> right? Because he, yeah. he was he was close friends with, with King Herod, you know, Herod the Great. Uh, and so he had yeah. this connection to Judaism and, and to Herod. Um, anyways, Agrippa's original pantheon, Matteo would burn down in 88 uh, CE, and it would be rebuilt by Hadrian in 120 CE. And one of the truly remarkable things about Hadrian, and I don't know if we're doing an episode on Hadrian, but he's going he left the, Agrippa's original inscription on the door so that people would remember agrippa
1: right so he's preserving the history
0: yep and by the way the the pantheon we know today was based on the original design of agrippa uh it is the largest unreinforced concrete dorm dome in the world and in the year 609 ce the nasty emperor focus would donate the building to the vatican uh which was a shame but i guess that's why it survived Uh, Around this time, Agrippa, Matteo, left Rome for Gaul to keep working on Roman infrastructure, and he built roads, he built aqueducts, uh, and in 24... he really tried bringing
1: Gaul up into the the modern era, basically.
0: He did. He did. In 24 BC, Augustus, or Octavian, fell sick, Matteo, and Octavian asked Agrippa to take over the running of the state, which he did. Um... And so, Octavian sort of started positioning, Octavian would recover, but he started positioning Agrippa to be his successor, right? If, right. Some, if something happens to me, buddy, I want you to be in charge. Agrippa was granted proconsular imperium for five years, which was basically the same powers as Octavian had in 23 BC, which was right. just this ex- ex- extraordinary power that nobody in the history of Rome had ever had. Octavian had it, and he had Agrippa granted the same thing, Matteo. Because he was sickly... the
1: powers of the emperor.
0: Yes, he was given the powers of the emperor. That's exactly right. Um, And in 21 BC, Octavian had Agrippa divorce his niece and had Agrippa marry his daughter, Julia. And Agrippa and Julia would have five kids together. Then in 20 er, 20 BC, he was in Gaul again, Mateo, leading troops, and he was building more infrastructure, including the building you're looking at right now. It is known as the Maison Carré, which is insanely beautiful, Mateo, it's in in a town called Nîmes, France, and we need to go visit it. That's Agrippa. In 19, he was in Spain leading troops to put down an uprising of a tribe known as the Cantabrians. In the same year, he was campaigning in Germania, leading troops. Uh, I mean, it's just insane, right? It's insane. In seventeen, he was governor of the eastern provinces of the empire. He visited Jerusalem and he sacrificed a hundred oxen in the temple. The temple. That's pretty awesome as well. And that same year sorry, go ahead.
1: Oh no, that's all you.
0: In that same year, Octavian adopted two of Agrippa's sons, putting them in the line of succession, Gaius Caesar and Lucius Caesar.
1: That's awesome. Great names too. Great names. Right in a lot of successions Yeah. Right the family, his brother basically.
0: Yep. Yeah. And so, Matteo. A couple years later, he was back on the Danube. He was. He established the Roman province of Pannonia. And while he was there, he fell sick. He returned to Italy to his estate in Campania, and in 12 BC. So at this point, he is what? He's 50, 49 years old. Fifty right. no, fifty-one years old. He died. He died. Wow, super young. Yep, he left all of his buildings to the city of Rome, along with the money needed to maintain them, and he gave the rest of his estate to Octavian. He left his estate to his best friend, and Augustus Octavian mourned him for a month. He would have Agrippa's ashes placed in the mausoleum that he built for himself. Agrippa was buried. In Augustus's that's, mausoleum.
1: That's a beautiful friendship. It's that, it's, it's, we get friendships like that even for such a long time
0: ago. Yeah. And Matteo, you remember the Ara Pacis, the, the the altar of peace? We visited it when we were in Rome?
1: No, it's, not particularly. It's but...
0: right next to Augustus's mausoleum. It's that. Okay,
1: so yeah, I do remember. Right? We walked over it, right? Yeah. Like,
0: yep. And on the outside of that Ara Pacis, Matteo, and you can see an image of it on the website. Augustus included his best friend on the side of his altar of peace, Ara There he is. There is Agrippa with his head covered to indicate that Agrippa had died.
1: I mean, wow. The guy was incredible and the, the friendship was incredible. It was it, really a brotherhood. It, it was indeed, my son.
0: And that is the story of Marcus Vepsanius Agrippa. And now it's time to rank him because this has run long and because you need to do homework and go to sleep. So, uh, Mateo, this is a tough one because we don't have a ton of information. But how big was Agrippa's military success?
1: I think a 10, right? Like, I mean, from what we know, he won the battles he needed to win. He was pretty much unopposed. He didn't go against I an mean, genius at the time, but he went against Mark Antony, and that he's a formidable opponent.
0: So. I, I agree with you entirely because if his military victory, everything that's ascribed to Augustus was basically Agrippa, and it allowed Agrippa, I mean, allowed Augustus to establish the empire. So it's like I don't think it gets much better than that. I I agree with you. I think he's a ten. Um, what about his political success?
1: must have been pretty high. I mean, he was basically, he was entrusted with the powers of the emperor for five years. Um, he was an inc- incredible architect. He went through all the ranks of the Senate from a super young age, became a novus homo. I mean, how do you get much better than that?
0: Uh, I don't think you do. But What do we, what do we rate him?
1: I mean, would it, be, would it be crazy to give him a 10 as well?
0: Uh, I sort of think so, because he, he literally went from little provincial kid to having it's the powers most of
1: powerful the, man. Yes. Yeah.
0: This is a tricky one, Mateo, because I mean, we can't okay, we need to answer things call it like we see it. But I agree right. with you. I I don't think I'm
1: going to give him tell I'm going to give him a 9.5 only because in history he's not remembered as much.
0: Okay, but that's not about political success. That's more about I impact. Mean, yeah, at the end of the day
1: like if you I feel like I don't know. I feel like politics has to do with like um, the your lasting memory of your name as well.
0: Uh, I I don't think I think that's impact.
1: We have a category for that. Okay, so yeah. Okay, never mind. So yeah. Okay. So uh,
0: Same time. But but I think so. Okay, coolness. Okay, for me, I think Agrippa is one of the coolest guys.
1: We've covered. Yeah, he's a he's a do it all kind of guy. Super smart guy. He's like Samwise Baggins, you know. Except Austin, I don't know. So I think I think it's kind of hard not to give him a very high score as well. I I agree. For, for me, I, I think mean, he's the only man ever to win the the Luricum Yeah, or whatever it's yeah.
0: called. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I want to give him a ten.
1: <laughs> I want to give him a ten too.
0: Okay, all right. So here's the tricky conversation. It's it's a conversation of impact. There's no doubt. There's no doubt in my mind that his impact was massively huge because because of Agrippa, we had Augustus and because Augustus, we had an empire. And because Rome went to empire,
1: it lasted for 2000 years. It
0: lasted for 2000 years. And it is the Rome that we know today. If it if it had not made that transition, the republic was dead. And, and I think right. it was done. Rome would have fragmented into into a bunch of warlords, and and that would have been the end. So, h- however, you said nobody knows Agrippa, and you're right, nobody knows Agrippa. So how do we how do we figure that into our ranking? So I'm
1: gonna say I'm gonna give him an eight point five.
0: Because I guess it, is impact about how you change the world, or is is impact about how about your, your how your legacy is known, right? So we.
1: you could have a great impact and have a little legacy. I mean, there's hundreds of programmers that helped Steve Jobs create uh, the Macintosh, and they're they're lost to memory. Yeah. I assume. So great impact, little recognition. I think and I'm thinking like a nine here, eight point five to nine. Yeah, I,
0: I sort of agree with you. I sort of agree with you. I think his impact was was massively huge. uh, Massively huge. And to some extent, he suffers from the fact that he lived, because he chose to live in Octavian's shadow, we know so little about him. Right. Uh, That's the
1: thing about him. His impact was also, the the most impressive thing about him is that his impact was a positive one. You could have a massive lasting impact and be super overwhelming negative. Yes. This guy just, he was a bunch of good.
0: Yep. Could not agree with you more. So, uh, I think I'm going to go with you on 8.5. I think I'm going to go with you on 8.5. And so, if we do that, Matteo, that's going to give a total score to Marcus Vipsanius Agrippa of a 77, which, in percentage terms, Matteo, you're going to have an issue with this, I suspect. Right. That gives him a 96%. Caesar is tied Scipio? Caesar was
1: 95% No he, I think it checks out to be honest
0: He's tied with Afrikaant Scipio And he's tied with Sula
1: He was less incredible but more of a hero I think so He was like, The same way that like, Sam Samwise, Gam, Samwise Gamgee is less incredible Than Aragorn, but still I think more of a hero You know what my son
0: I agree with you I agree with you, this guy's lack of ego, or maybe he had ego, he just controlled it. He controlled it because he had his eyes on the prize.
1: Right, non-destructive ambition.
0: Yeah, that's well put. That's very well put. And so we have, Mateo, a three-way tie for first place. and. I have to say that of the three in first place, the I think you can argue that the most lost of these Roman heroes is Agrippa, because I don't think any casual follower of Roman history knows about Marcus Agrippa
1: yeah it's it's definitely in high contention, so although he does has he has his name slapped across the pantheon, but, but yeah, yeah. So he makes a great argument for the most part. So that, that
0: Mateo is that that is is it for Marcus Agrippa. But for one last question, I think the answer is pretty obvious. Does he belong in the hall? Absolutely, 100%. Absolutely, Marcus Agrippa. It was an honor covering you. Congratulations, boy, do you deserve it. And Mateo, that is that. And I've loved seeing you on Zoom. I Love seeing you, miss you. And I'm so happy we were able to do this episode. And to our listeners, I apologize for lousy sound quality. I know this wasn't great. We're going to get better. We're just learning new tricks. And please leave us reviews on iTunes, on Pandora send us emails, we're getting tons of emails these days actually Mateo and direct messages on Instagram and on Twitter at Lost Roman Heroes on Instagram uh, and, and on Twitter please continue to reach out to us give us new names to add to the list of Lost Roman Heroes to cover you can see that list on www.LostRomanHeroes.com and would like to welcome new countries Latvia and Poland Mateo Colombia is in fourth place, I want you to know. It's about to be overtaken by Germany. Um, And I don't know. Thank you to everyone. Thank you, and please come join us next week for Mateo. I know you've been waiting for this one for a long time.
1: Augustus Octavian. Yes. What a challenge. Well, we're going to have to tackle that one.
0: (laughs) That we will. That we will. So, to our listeners, thank you so much. And we will talk to you next week about a young man, Agrippa's best friend forever, Octavian.